have currently been in a series in Daniel, um, and Johnny has been talking to us about exile, living in a culture that isn't about God and his kingdom. And uh, he has been looking particularly at Daniel's life and what we can learn from that as we swim against the current of our culture. Um, Now, as Johnny has just read beautifully to us, uh, we are celebrating Pentecost today, yes, which takes us out of Daniel, but certainly does not take us out of the theme of how we are to survive in exile. Um, So we're going to dive into Acts 2, I'm going to pull some things out, and then we're going to pray. Okay, so a bit of background. Um, So Acts is written by Luke, um, and it is Luke's second book. So after the Gospel of Luke, uh, where he basically is continuing the story after Jesus' resurrection in Acts. And the first chapter, it uh, speaks about Jesus appearing to them over a period of 40 days, teaching and speaking to them about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God looks like. And during these teachings, Jesus then says to them in chapters 1 verse 4, says, Stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift my father promised, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He then says to them that they will receive power of the Holy Spirit, that they will become witnesses in Jerusalem, then in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And then Jesus ascends into heaven that certainly the kids spoke about last week. And this then leads us to this day, this day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was um, an ancient Israelite festival that would happen every year, um, 50 days after Easter. And it was a Thanksgiving celebration. Um, And they're celebrating the law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. Um, And so for this festival, thousands and thousands and thousands of Jewish pilgrims living in exile, living under the rule of Rome, would travel back into Jerusalem for this festival. Thousands of different cultures, thousands of different languages, all together in one place. And so whilst this is happening, we read in chapter 2 that the disciples are also there, And it says that they are all together in one place, in a house, and they are waiting, and they are praying for the promise of his Holy Spirit, waiting for this empowerment that will enable them to go. They're desperate to go, but they're waiting for the empowerment to go. And they have no idea what this is going to look like, but they are waiting in patience, in faith, and in trust. And we then read, don't we, as Johnny read, that there's this crazy gushing of wind uh, that came down from heaven and filled the room, um, and what looked like tongues of fire then separated and came to rest over each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started to speak in other languages. I mean, you know, you sort of need a moment, don't you, to sort of actually take in the craziness of this scene. It's an absolutely awesome picture And it's an awaited promise. It's a longing fulfilled in this moment. So there are a few things I'm just going to pick out uh, of this today. Firstly, I want to say that we are now his temple. Firstly, we are now his temple. 
And I was really interested to learn this week that there is actually a real significance in the fire separating and hovering over them individually, described as tongues of fire. Now, fire is a key biblical theme. And we see this on Mount Sinai when Moses receives the Ten Commandments. The fire here is representing the personal presence of God. We then see God's glory coming in a pillar of fire, hovering over the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was just a place where God would dwell in the Old Testament. And this was one pillar of fire hovering over the tabernacle. The significance in this Pentecostal scene of the fire separating and hovering over the individual persons is signifying the beginning of the new temple, the body of Christ, the church. God's personal presence is no longer found in the temple, but it resides, he resides in his people. His presence that only a few could come into connection with, that we read that could even kill you if you went too close in the Old Testament, is now filling and empowering his disciples. Which too means we are filled with his Holy Spirit. And we are now his mobile temples. And you know, we hear this all the time. We're probably like, yeah, I've heard that. But this is massive. This is massive. This changes absolutely everything. So I just want you to take a moment. Like, this is massive that we are now filled with this presence, the personal presence of God. That God dwells in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. This is the hope of our lives. Okay, secondly, this is now for, every, for everyone. This is for everyone. All people, all nations, all cultures, all languages. And we see this so beautifully here. Because of exile, all Israelite tribes have been scattered throughout all the nations. And in this festival, all tribes are now being represented in Jerusalem. It says in verse 5, all nations under heaven, all nations under heaven, no one is missed. No one is missed. And as the disciples are being filled with the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak in all these languages so that they can all understand. And what a beautiful sight we read. Verse 10, that, that, that the disciples are declaring the wonders of God so they can all receive the good news of the gospel, that Jesus's life death and resurrection means the beginning of a new humanity that all are invited into. No one is excluded. No one is excluded. And in this moment, they have representatives from all tribes coming back to be introduced to their true king, to their true king, Jesus Christ. And this is the beginning of new creation. Peter then, a disciple of Jesus, as we read, he gets up and he starts to explain that this is the fulfillment, that this is the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel had said, verse 21, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone will be saved. This is a beautiful picture of unity, a picture of the kingdom of God. And if you have any doubt what the kingdom of God looks like, this is what it looks like. Beautiful diversity. 
And Lauren and the creative team this week have put together the most beautiful picture of what this looks like. So we're just going to watch it for a couple of minutes and then I'm going to come back. They've asked me to talk about my feelings. But what happened in there had such a deep meaning. In the dark, our unsure hearts were waiting. Just as he asked for, patiently pacing. Then, stronger than the north wind and warmer than the one from the south, a powerful blow came about. Flames shaped like tongues, making us move our own to declare. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Saint, 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 le Seigneur, le Dieu Tout-Puissant, celui qui est, qui était et qui vient. Mucene, 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 Ie Ishemwari, Wemasimba Ose, Wakange Aripo, Uripo Neuchazoya. Santo, 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 es el Señor Dios Todopoderoso, el que era, el que es y el que ha de venir. Sfânt, sfânt, sfânt este Domnul Dumnezeu cel atotputernic, care era, care este, care vine. Santo, santo, santo el Signore, il Dio onipotente, che era, che è e che viene. Cotus, 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 Santo, 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 é o Senhor, o Deus Todo-Poderoso, que era, que é e que há de vir. Suki, suki, suki la Tuhan, ala maha koasa, yang ada, yang suda ada, dan yang akan datang. Sheng zai, sheng zai, sheng zai, zu shen shi, si zai, jin zai, yi ho yong zai de quan neng zhe. Mimo, 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 Olua, Olorun, Olodumare, Tiotiwa, Tiosimbe, Tiosimboa. Holy, 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 are you God Almighty, who was Anis, Anis to come? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy are you God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I just, I just, when I first saw that, I just find it so moving. You know, that, that is the church, folks. That is the church. 
Okay, so then as carriers then of this, of his personal presence that is available for everyone, available for all, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us, um, for our daily lives? It means that we are empowered to live kingdom lives in exile. And Johnny spoke last week about how we are to be faithfully present in our world. But it is the Holy Spirit that is faithfully present with us, making this possible, making this possible. And this is such good news, that we have God's presence with us always. I remember um, actually the first time that I encountered Jesus and I was filled with his spirit. I just remember um, having this great sense of joy and peace that I just didn't have to do life on my, on my own anymore. They didn't have to do this on my own. That he will never leave me, that he will never, ever forsake me. He will never abandon me. He is totally and utterly trustworthy. I just think for some this morning, need to hear that again, that he is totally and utterly trustworthy and that he is faithful, completely and utterly faithful. But we also see in this passage, you know, that this is, um, that it's his Holy Spirit who gives us also the ability. We're given the ability to live kingdom lives. And we see this straight away, don't we, as we've read with the disciples. The Holy Spirit enabled them to speak in languages they didn't even know how to speak. They didn't know how to speak these languages, all for the declaration of the gospel, all for the worship and the glory of God. They were then sent to go, empowered by the Holy Spirit, along with other Israelites who accepted the message of Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit. By his Holy Spirit, we are given gifts to build up the church, to glorify God and to bring about his kingdom. And these are gifts, they're not possessions. This is God at work through us, enabling us. And we receive these gifts with gratitude. And this has worked out in so many ways in my life, as I'm sure it has for you. You know, you've been given the ability, been given wisdom in situations that you just know wasn't your wisdom. You know it was from God. It was God's wisdom given for you. Or insight into people's lives or situations, words of knowledge, things that God's shown me that I just didn't know myself. I didn't know. Kindness and compassion beyond human effort. We talked about the fruits of the Spirit before in Galatians. I am most aware of this in my parenting, in those moments where you're like, I have got nothing. Lord, you've got to give me, you've got to come and fill me and give me what I need to get through this moment. You know, peace beyond circumstances. Ability in utter weakness to get something done. Given the ability to make decisions in regards to direction, clarity. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But it's also God that forms us. It is his ability. He forms us. His Holy Spirit brings about spiritual growth. As we give him more access of our lives, he transforms us. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we say yes to him being in charge of our lives, we enter a life that isn't about willpower, it's not about striving. It's not about self-effort, self-help, but the empowerment 
of the Holy Spirit. His Spirit empowers us to love God and to love each other. But if you're anything like me, you know, I forget this all the time. I forget this. I crack on in my own effort, in my own attempts to make life work, to control things around me. And it is exhausting. It causes anxiety and the inability to be present in the moment. Yet we have the power of the Holy Spirit living within us who wants us to be attentive to his work through us. Now, how then? How do we receive this? And what is our part to play in it? What's our part to play? And I think we get this from verse 37. It says, when the people heard this, when they, when they all heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and, the other, and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the same for us today. You know, the word repent, and we've spoken about that a fair bit here, means to come home, to make your home in Christ. Our job, our job is to align our lives with Christ. All of it, all of it. Not just the good stuff, the things that we're proud of, but the tricky stuff, the things we want to hide, the mess, the things we want to control, our whole selves. And I believe this is what growing in wholeness is. Freedom is not hiding. Freedom is when we don't hide anything from Jesus. Freedom is allowing Jesus into all of it. And this is such good news if we let him in, if we humble ourselves and admit we can't do this alone and allow him to empower our lives. It is his spirit that sustains life, not us. And you know, this is ongoing response. This is an ongoing response. We receive the Holy Spirit. We can't lose it. Paul talks about this in Ephesians, that it's a seal um, of the Holy Spirit. However, when we walk with him, he shows us areas that are not yet yielded to him. Areas of our lives that are not given over to him. And it's in his kindness that God has continued to invite me and still does to let go of the things we want to control. Things that I think keep me safe in some way, when they actually keep us bound. They actually keep me bound. They're actually things that hinder my worship of him. They hinder the worship of him and obedience to the call of God on my life. And this is ongoing. This is a life journey. However, it is our response to allow the personal presence of God to shape us, convict us in order that we might grow in Christ and be more full of his presence. He does it, we allow it. He does it, but we allow it. I believe he wants to reveal more of his presence in this church and across our nation, our world. But are we willing to give him our all? Allowing him to be king over everything. This is our worship. This is our worship. You know, I believe God is after an abandoned people. You know, I speak about this all the time. But I believe he's after an abandoned church. A church that is fully given over. Fully given over. Not perfect, 
not perfect, but in communion with him, because this will change the world. You know, we can ask, come Holy Spirit, come fill me, but actually, do you know what, I'm actually going to go my own way, but fill me. It's like, come Holy Spirit, take my life, take the stuff I can't even see yet. Come into everything. He wants an abandoned church to worship him with our full beings. And so we're going to ask for that empowerment now. So why don't you stand and I'm going to pray.